0: My name is Terry. I'm one of the pastors here. And if you joined us this Sunday, whether online on the balcony or on the floor, um, you've picked a different Sunday, a, a day in which um, we're, we're choosing to worship like we always do, except we're, we're choosing to praise much more today through song. And I don't know about you, but, but really in this room, if, if there was a magnifying glass on our hearts and in our minds and our thoughts, we'd probably see a lot of different backgrounds. I know for me, um, I came from a background, a Catholic background and then grew up in a, a Baptist church and so when I think of worship there's all different kinds of backgrounds and thought and um, years ago I, I was uh, in my doctoral program and I was with my cohort and we had a spiritual retreat in Virginia and we were in the mountains and um, I remember sitting there and, and we had different locations in the mountains that we gather, different like sites and environments and So the professor told us the place to meet, so we we met at this location. It was gorgeous, overlooking the beautiful valleys and mountaintops. And and as we entered into this room, there's about 20 of us, and there were there were stools and chairs around in a circle, and so we all gathered and sat down. And and the next thing we knew, the professor came in and she says, Today we're going to worship. And we said, Okay, that's great. And she said, So we're gonna begin. And she began to play Gregorian chant. Now, if you grew up in a liturgical church, you know a little bit about what that sounds, but it's very different than the music in which you've heard this morning. And I remember sitting there and thinking to myself, Dear Lord, if I have to go through this for 25 minutes, I'm just going to go berserk. And then after about five minutes of Gregorian chant, she switched over to many different other styles of worship that were very unique and different um, around the world. And I remember sitting there and just being distracted and my heart just, you know, saying, you know, what is this? And, and let's get to the good stuff. And, and, um, and then she said, now we're going to worship through silence. And we just sat for about ten minutes in pure quiet I remember at the end of it thinking, this, if this is going to be the rest of the week, I'm going to go berserk. And, and then she came and she asked our feedback, and she says, tell us what you were thinking when you were going through. And some individuals raised and said, I really enjoyed this style. I, um, some people were honest and said, you know, honestly, I didn't enjoy any of it. I, I don't know what we're doing. And, and so at the end, she said, well, she says, I hate to tell you all this, but you've all failed the class. After a heart attack, she says, I'm, I'm not literally... But this morning, you've all forgotten the heart of worship. And then she began giving the lesson that worship really is not about us. Worship is about him. And then we began to break open the word of God, because isn't it true that as we come in here, depending on your background, um, we really don't understand what worship is supposed to be. If you grow up in a church like ours, worship is three songs and a message. And if we're really lucky, we get four songs and the pastor cuts it short. And that's what worship is. But the truth is, is that that's really not what worship is. And so I thought I would take just a few minutes to remind all of us of why we're here and what we're doing when we stand up and when we sing songs. You know, I think Paul begins it off and he writes in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, 15, he says this about what praise and worship is. He says, "'Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise.'" the fruit of the lips that openly profess his name. Paul mentions the word sacrifice, and and let me just give you an instance. What Paul is referring to is back in the Old Testament days, The way in which you worship God is is that you brought a sacrifice. You gave it to the priest. The priest would sacrifice on your behalf an animal to worship God, and the people stood in the presence of God, praying that he would forgive them and receive the sacrifice that they gave. So if you went to church back in the day, you saw a whole lot of blood and a whole lot of animals, and if you love animals, it was not a pretty sight. But that was what a sacrifice was. But what Paul says is today we don't offer animals because Jesus Christ, what we celebrated last week, is he has risen from the dead, and we no longer have to offer that type of system. But Paul reminds us of what we are to do as Christians. We are to gather, and the sacrifice that we offer is the sacrifice of our lips, which show the attitude and posture of our heart. A wise pastor once said to me, worship is not what we do with our mouths, worship is the attitude and posture of our hearts. Some of you with really bad voices, you finally say, amen. But I love what Peter says. And I want you to see what Peter says about this same topic. This is from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. It says, as you come to him, as you gather, the living stone, rejected by humans, Jesus Christ, but chosen by God and precious to him, you, church, also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Isn't it wonderful to know that today you don't have to give your sacrifice to a pastor or a priest, that we are a holy priesthood in this room, and that every time we enter into this room, we have the opportunity on ourselves to be able to offer a sacrifice of praise to our God. And that sacrifice is the worship and attitude and posture of our heart when we enter into this place. You see, there's a difference between singing and worship. In fact, I would say this. The only way we can worship in this place truly and purely is when we have a right heart with God. Because when we have a right heart with God, which is the definition of righteousness, it means that we can sense the presence of God, that we are in tune with what God wants. And that's really important. And if you fell asleep, wake up, because this is important. Because every time we gather into this room, it's not just for us to offer sacrifice, but don't you know that God wants to speak to each and every one of us? And so we gather to hear the term kol Yahweh. And the term kol Yahweh means the voice of God of God. And some of you in this word, you need a voice from God. And I would say all of us in this room need the voice of God. And so when we come in, we say, speak, God, speak to my heart. And the only way we can hear the voice of God is if our heart is in tuned with him, which is a worshipful heart. And so when we sing these songs, it's a sacrifice of praise representing a worshipful heart saying "Call Yahweh speak to me now I love this because someone in this room when you came in you, you've heard a lot of hymns this morning and some of you maybe in a younger generation are like well we get done with the hymns so we can get to the good stuff meanwhile some of you who maybe grew up in church and you had hymns you're like praise God they're finally singing what I want but isn't it true that that's not what worship is right It's not the style of song, because when it becomes a style of song, when it becomes what we desire, then worship is tainted, and worship becomes what I want, and God forgive me as pastor. Many times, there is a lot of Sundays that I come in here and sing, but I don't come in here and worship, and God forgive me, and so if you're like me, I would ask the question, God, what is it that you desire of me today? God, what does God desire of each and every one of us? Let me give you this really quick because I love this. If you want to know, Terry, if we were to come into the presence of God, what does God see when he sees me? Well, did you know this? That when we gather, that if you were to worship with a right heart, one of the ways that the people of God used to represent a worshipful heart is they would lay prostrate on the ground before God. And that was a symbol, God, you have all of me. God, you have everything in me. And so when you look at different denominations and you see people on the ground, hands on the ground, that's what they're doing. They're saying, God, you have my heart. That's what it means. There's another thing. Those of us that grew up in liturgical, we spend a lot of time on our knees. Well, when you spend your time on your knees, that's a symbol of, God, I bless you, God, and God bless me. And so when you're on your knees, you're calling for the blessing of God. And one of the things that we see in our church over and over again is you see individuals with hands raised. And, and I love this because, I don't know about you, I remember the first time I was in a worship service and I saw someone in front of me. Again, I came from a liturgical background and we, we just keep our hands right here. with a safe place. Don't move. Just play it safe. And I remember a person in front of me had hand fully extended. I mean, you talk the fingers, the flanges, they were wide open. You know what I'm saying? Full confidence. And I remember sitting there getting uncomfortable and sweating because I'm watching that. But do you know why individuals raise their hand? It's not because they feel something. That is a symbol in the Old Testament of people shouting thanksgiving to their God. That's what this means. Now, for some of you who say, Terry, I don't know. I don't know if I could do this. I don't know if I can give thanksgiving to God. I mean, it's just a little uncomfortable. We have praise braces available at the welcome desk. They put right here. Keeps them there for a little while. You'll get used to it, I promise. It's okay, I promise. But worship is symbolic, not only to our generation, to the generations of before, no matter what song or style that you've gotten used to. And in just a moment, we're going to continue worshiping. But before we do the most important part of worship, I'd be failed and remiss to not share it with you. But when we gather into this room, when we say kol Yahweh, when we say God speak to us, when we raise hands of thanksgiving, when we get on knees and say bless you God, God bless me, and when we lay prostrate on the ground and say God you have all of me, that is worship. But there's one part of worship that we all have to remember when we gather into this place, and that is this, to stand before God in worship is to change. And God forgive me, there are many Sundays that I just walk in in the same way as I walk out. And some of you in this room, well, Terry, is that really a part of worship? Well, rather than me tell you, how about we see what Jesus has to say about this? Jesus in Matthew 5, 23 said this. He said, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them and then come and offer your gift. Do you see what Jesus said? When you come to worship... And in the spirit of worship, because you're saying God speak and you're opening your heart, when God says, hey Terry, knucklehead, you're doing something wrong, then Jesus says when you recognize it, then you are to go out changed. God forgive me. God, I need to do the right thing. And worship compels the body of Christ to be righteous. And so if you truly want to worship today, then you don't come in this place and leave the same. You come into this place and say, God, kol will Yahweh, speak. And when God brings something to your heart, I need to apologize. I need to say I'm sorry. I need to reconcile. Then you are to leave this place changed forevermore. We see in Colossians 3.16, it says this, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through what? Psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude. In your hearts my prayer for all of us today including me is that we remember that Jesus Christ died so that I can live and when you come into this place you're reminded of that and there should be a joyful presence about all of us no matter what we're going through and we should be able to say God no matter what I'm going through the joy of the Lord is my strength and what I love about this is is that when we speak the name of Jesus There's a smile that comes across our face. When we speak the name of Jesus, there is strength to overcome because God knows that we're coming in here to receive his strength so we can be changed and go out into this place. So in just a moment when we sing, I pray that you would worship with joy because of the name of Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this moment. I thank you for the heart of worship. Right now, God, I pause and I ask your forgiveness, Lord. God, forgive me when I enter into a place and I just sing. God, may I learn what it means to call Yahweh, to listen to your voice, to hear the voice of God. May I know what it means to give a praise of thanksgiving. May I have an attitude of a right heart before you. And God, if you're to speak to me in this moment or in these songs and I am to change, then God, so be it. So God, thank you so much for worship today. And may I be changed forevermore. For it's in your holy and matchless name of Jesus that we pray.